Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Jean! No! An X-Men The Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Musak. I am your second co-host, Matt Schrader. And I'm your third co-host, Rob Berliner. Awesome. Welcome back, Matt and Rob. We are in season two at episode six of X-Men the Animated Series, the episode titled Externally Yours. And uh, this is something I love because this is not the externals in the Marvel Universe are not to be confused with the Eternals in the Marvel Universe. Totally different, both kind of immortal, but very, very, very different. So in this episode, we're going to get some some externals. Out of the gate, we get some previously on X-Men, and we know immediately this is going to be a Gambit episode. And if you've been listening, you know Gambit is like my favorite X-Men. He was my obsession as a 13 and 14-year-old girl. What you going to do? Um, and we get the great line that I still love. Everyone can relax. Gambit has returned. So we get it previously on X-Men, all of Gambit's greatest hits. He's throwing cards. He's looking cool fighting in his trench coat. He's yelling card-related taunts at his enemies. He's got a bow staff. And he gets behind-the-hand smooches from Rogue. He is a man of mystery, right? And then, uh, But then we find out that the mystery is not all good. And Logan confronts him and says, you've never been straight with us. Not completely. Oh, man. He's hiding something. Hiding something back in that dark, swampy bayou, and we're going to find out what it is. Well, let's get to it. Let's figure let's it out. Let's get to it. Okay. So so first scene, um, the Blackbird has crashed on another planet. Cyclops is on it. There are volcanoes. I wrote down volcanoes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And the aliens look like little xenomorphs from the alien movies that have been turned into vines. Did anyone else notice that? No. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Let uh, Let me be. I unlike Gambit. I will be straight with you. No. No. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. The little. The little. This munch, munchy black vines grab him and drag him back to I, what I wrote as a giant rock creature with big tubers. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Kind of look like uh, Krang from uh, Ninja Turtles. Oh, oh good call. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. The the big rock creature that may or may not be coming from Ninja Turtles is also holding Rogue and Jean Grey. He has three tongues. It's gross. Three tongues. And uh, Cyclops uh, blasts them off. And we get some classic Jean Grey size, right? Oh, mm-hmm. you know, which is just a standard in this series. Um, Cyclops defeats the program. And we, we've all sort of figured it out by now that this is the danger room. They're right. not really on another planet. They're at the Xavier Institute for Gifted Youngsters. And Cyclops is not amused. He does not like that he beat this simulation and says, come on, Gambit. Can't you make this program a little tougher? Which to me is really, he's asking for it. I was yeah. just going to say, yeah. Cocky Definitely. Cyclops getting what he asked for. That's right. Yeah. So so Gambit's in the control room. One of the things that I've noticed is for some of the characters, they have some uh, musical motifs, if you will. And oh. Gambit has some cool synth. And I think it's just to indicate how cool he is. And we also have Gambit continuing to refer to himself in the third person say, why? You don't like Gambit to be gentle? Uh, and uh, I don't know anyone like that. But it made him... I still thought he was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not too gentle. Not too gentle. No. I feel like also in the last episode, there was, there was talk about more talk about gentleness. And I don't know. There's, yeah, there's some That was a direct quote of the last. uh, Oh, Oh, you're right. Yeah. Not too gentle. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And and Cyclops just walks right into it. He says, our enemies won't be crank it up. Crank it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I love that line. 
Oh, but Scott, you asked for it. Yeah, so Gambit sets the the danger room to maximum. He just plays (laughs) with some cards. He answers a 90s cordless phone that's just embedded in the danger room's controls. And then uh, he's kind of distracted while he's on the phone, right? We get his answer. Who dis? How do you find me? Because the person says Remy, so they they know him, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and I like how he answers the phone. Just sort of like this is just like the general phone for like Xavier's mansion or school for gifted children or what? How, how does he answer? Like like this is like X Men headquarters or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like this very professional, polite <laughs> answer. Like they all had to go through a training. So when you yeah. answer the phone on this line, yeah, you gotta oh, say Xavier's school. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's like not how I would expect him to answer. I'm like, okay, well, I guess yeah, this line is external. You know, he knows he's got. They don't. They external don't have external somebody... line. Why? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yes, he's not. He's not too pleased. He's not too pleased about that situation. No, not at all. And so he totally forgets about the danger room. And mm. so poor, Cy- I won't even say poor Cyclops, Cyclops is, is faced with Omega Red, Apocalypse, Sinister, uh, Juggernaut, and Big Lizard Guy. And I'm unsure who Big Lizard Guy is. I just want to say that, and, and uh, you know, I don't know if this was the intention of the show creators, but I don't, I didn't feel like he totally forgot about Cyclops. I think oh. that he, it just felt a little bit like, all right, you you want it? I'm just gonna worry about this. But like, I I it's hard for me to watch that and not be kind of pissed with Gambit because it doesn't. I don't. It didn't feel like he was like, oh my god, what? I'm so concerned about the phone call. He wasn't just like, oh yeah, the uh, we got Scott, you know, cooking in the other room, and what's that? Oh yeah, you know, like he's mouthing. He's mouthing. I'm on a call, like, yeah. like... covering up the no, the, the receiver. I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. Mine? Yes, fine. You can have a popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) He put the kid's TV dinner in the microwave, and now he's off to the call. But, but, you know, the microwave is going to explode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the phone, we find out it is... Pierre. Uh, Pierre will feature later in the episode, and we find out it Bobby. He in trouble. (laughs) So we we. uh, Oh no, Bobby! And Gambit is first. He is not. He is not snagbird. He says, "Let him get out of it." But then, but then Pierre says the magic word, Remy. It's the tithe. Bobby disappeared. (laughs) They don't have s's in in New Orleans. It's the tithe. Yep, it's a tithe. It's a tithe. Right. And, and if he ain't there tonight with the tithe, you know what's going to happen. So I, I just want to say that this, I feel like I was very young to learn what a tithe was. Honestly, I, I actually, I, yeah, I made the same note. I, I, I thought uh, if you're, when you're dealing with a concept like a tithe and you never give it any explanation or even any context clues, it's not even like you could be like, oh, the tithe is this. No, 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 no. That's how you know this is not a show primarily aimed at kids. No. They just didn't no. care, which I so admire. And of course, here we are as adults analyzing it because we can still attach ourselves to it. But like, yeah, I, don't, I still couldn't really define the tithe for you. And I watched this episode multiple times. So <laughs> probably could have looked it up, but you know, we'll put it in the show notes, the definition. Yeah. <laughs> of the Right. Yep, for anybody, for anybody who missed it. So Cyclops is getting beat up in the danger room. He's punched cool. by Apocalypse. And then what like, okay, we, we've talked about this in previous episodes. We just the mansion, how the mansion works, its alerts, mm-hmm. its communication systems. I think it's just whatever they need it to be. Because suddenly there's an alert yep. in the hallway. You know, he's like Cyclops is calling for Gambit, but the alert is in the hallway and uh, Rogue just happens to be walking by with her weird coffee, which we did see in previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The the X-Mansion is equipped with narrative alerts. The idea that the X-Mansion should should alert you to defend it against itself, essentially, too, is the part that I don't really I'm not able to wrap my mind around. Hey, somebody should help him because I'm going to kill him. Is basically <laughs> yeah. I could just turn this off, <laughs> like, but instead, well, security like system where you don't murder your like the X Men. 
No, I mean, how many times in the series, and we're only on what, like the you know, in the second second season, season, how many times has this almost killed somebody? Beast, remember? I mean, it's like like one of the greatest antagonists to the X Men in this show is the Danger Room. And in the comics, the Danger Room actually ends up gaining sentience at one part. Her name is Danger, (laughs) and she is a villain, and then later an ally. So it does. Maybe that's what's going on here because she seems very dangerous. Well, I was going to say it's in the name. Like, don't go in the danger room if you don't want danger. This is not. This is not the safety room. This is not the general. Like, there's got to be some like emergency break you can pull to not die. Like, not dying should feel like should be like the like the short. If you had one sort of safety net, it would be like I'm not going to die in this room. I think this, but I think that the lever is in the control room. That's the problem. Like there's no there's no lever for that inside the the simulation portion. There really should be, is yep. is the problem, or or like a word they can say or something. Right, safe yeah. word. Safe word. A safe yeah. word. The no, danger room needs a, a safe word. Yeah. I don't know. I just say I suppose you know danger room developers. If you're looking for enhancement suggestions, <laughs> safe words yeah. are a great idea. We, we got one for you. But fortunately, Rogue runs in. She overrides the simulation. She yells at Gambit. Cyclops was alone in there. You could have killed him. And Gambit's real dramatic about it because he says, I got to go home, Cher. They're going to waste my brother. Yeah, they're going to waste my brother. And also classic redirection by Gambit. Just 100% (laughs) ignores what Rogue is saying. That's probably part of what, what gave me that impression as well is that there wasn't a, oh, shoot. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Scott. Oops. Yeah, he might as well have said like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know." <laughs> Literally, he's like, "Don't you understand? I can't worry about whether Scott's about to die. This is life or death." Right. Yeah. My brother. <laughs> My, My brother, brother, who is several states away on another part of the country, versus the guy in the other room, I almost inadvertently killed. Priorities. Mm. Priorities. Gambit's got him. Wait, so you had mentioned before that um, that there's a limit to how many times the show can reference killing? Do you think that that's why they use the word waste? Yes. Uh, So we've been trying to figure out kind of what the rules are because we thought actually that they couldn't say kill and they couldn't say dead or death. Uh, because they, but they've said it in specific contexts, but extremely sparingly. I'm actually not sure if they can say kill. They can say death very sparingly. But they can say waste as a verb. Waste. Yep. Destroy. That's why it's always like destroy, destroy decimate him. them. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. That comes later in this episode, I think, actually. I bet it does. So fortunately, Jean Grey is there to do nothing but run and yell, Scott! And I wrote, because, of course. That's her superpower, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And then um, then we get some, some re- reiterative exposition rogue saying something spooked gambit bad something about a brother (laughs) catch up kids if you were if you were in the bathroom or eating some cereal just catch up (laughs) there it is thanks rogue thank you gambit takes one of the baby x jets and he talks to himself we get that good externalized internal monologue that fool externalized hey oh and then we get the the line that i actually had to put uh closed captioning on for which was that thieving fool Because it was Teven and not thieving, oh, and um, my yep. ears were my ears were not attuned. Not to be confused with when Bobby was an infant and he called him that teething fool. Yep. Hey, mm, yeah, I know some teething fools. This is the evolution of their brotherhood. Yeah. Oh well, we get to see some of it, right? So immediate flashback: they are mm-hmm. running through the bayou with treasure. We get the first glimpse of the Assassin's Guild. They're looking ferocious with that green hair, black masks, and armor. Except Belladonna. We got to know what she looks like. She's got her signature blonde braids going on. And uh, the thieves basically just look like guys by comparison. Yeah. They're, just, they're just guys. Just guys. Steal some costumes. Right? Well, they're going to steal <laughs> some trench coats later. So that's That's fair. They that's got that good. going for them, I guess. Uh, Gambit is there. They're waiting for the tithe. And we see what happens with the tithe, right? So the water shoots up yeah. in a swirling column to reveal the external. The external, uh, who I definitely did confuse for the Eternals. Yeah, uh, I can see why that would be. 
Matt read every issue of the Eternals and watched the film on multiple times. In preparation times. for multiple this? times, yeah. multiple times. I and um, I'll tell you what, I did not enjoy one minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, your dedication is appreciated. If no, yeah. absolutely. So the 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 non-eternal external who shows up has a signature '90s look, which I love. She's got orange braids, a blue cape, a purple and yellow outfit. And one of the things I will say is I do think this character design and this character is specifically for X-Men, the animated series, because in the comics, we know who the externals are. Um, One of the the big one who is involved with the Assassins and Thieves Guild is named Kandra. um, And she is blonde and buxom and has a red outfit. Uh, There's also one named Gideon uh, who has like a, a, he's bald, but like with a green ponytail just sticking out. It's very, very stylized. Um, And actually... uh, uh, Apocalypse is also an external. He's also oh. a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of interesting stuff, I think. Hmm. Very interesting. And she announces, 10 years has passed. The time for the tithing has come. So the Assassin's Guild offers their tithe. They utter the uh, words. I, yeah, go ahead. I just, I just, uh, I'm, I have some remorse over the fact that I pointed out that I didn't know what a tithe was, but we didn't actually explain what it was because... Can can either of you actually define it for the purposes of this episode? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I have it up right here on Google. So yeah, do it, Matt. Let's let's get after it. Um, so a tithe, and we're talking about a noun. This is a you know person place thing in this case. It is one tenth of annual produce or earnings, formerly taken as a tax for the support of the church and clergy. So I mean, to me, I feel like in this case they were it was it was an offering, right? Yeah. An offering right. to somebody to uh, a being that was clearly presenting as some sort of goddess that was granting them power. Um, in you know ten year iterations, you give the tithe, you get power. You don't give the tithe, you get wasted. Yep, <laughs> and not 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 in the Everclear sense, like not in the Everclear sense. <laughs> no, so I wonder. Do we know this tithe that they're giving her? I'm assuming it's not necessarily one tenth of their proceedings for the last ten years. It just seems it's something. There's something in those boxes, but that they don't never go into what they are, right? Yeah, I don't think it's money. I don't think it, it is either. It's no. a fake. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know if they ever reveal what's inside the tithe. Do they, listeners? We'll have to find out. Put it in the let comments below. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please let us know. We want to know what's in that tithe box, the real one, not the fake one. Ugh. No. And so because the assassins offer their tithe, the external uh, says, by our covenant, your power shall be increased. She bestows them, she bestows powers on them through her eyes, uh, and she gives them strength and protection from the powers of mortal men. And and we we also catch here that Gambit and Belladonna are eyeing each other up. There's there's some, some connection there. The thieves are late. Uh, the guy drops the tide. The external condemns him to darkness and never <laughs> darkness never ending. And she dissolves him with pink lightning. And that is some scary stuff. Very scary. And so, I mean, they, they were just a little late. He brought the tithe, but because he, he was it. late. Mrs. Q, the, the, the show must go on. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. Wow. Where do we I- think he went? Darkness never ending. I mean, I limbo, maybe? Limbo. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the, the way she put it, I assumed that he's being, he is indeed being sent somewhere bad that he doesn't want to be, you know? But you could also interpret that as just he is being erased from existence. existence. Yeah. Darkness never ending, which is, nice. to me, pretty scary. I guess that's. I guess there's no good place he's being sent to. Yeah. I think we can be fairly certain of that. Yeah. I would rather be erased from existence. I'm going to tell you why. Because if I was erased, there wouldn't be a consciousness to be upset about it. Uh, Whereas if you actually sent me somewhere and I knew about it, I'd be very upset. Yeah. You were in darkness and blending and were like, where is the light switch? And you could never find it. (laughs) Nope. That's that's all it is. No. It's a dark room with no light switch. That's what it, that's <laughs> what it is. You're just constantly looking. There's no windows and no light switch. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's almost like saying that, like, okay, you're not going to exist, but you will know one thing, and that's that you don't exist. Oh, man. <laughs> that's rough, right? Don't it think is. about that one. My brain's folding <laughs> in on itself. <laughs> uh, so um, 
we get the closing of the ceremony. The external says, in 10 years, we tithe again, as we have throughout the centuries. She points at Belladonna and says, assassin, you are now the chosen one. And Belladonna gets a new outfit. And then Bobby is also the chosen one. So good job, guys. You got promoted. There's a chosen two then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's a chosen one per guild. Ah. (laughs) Rob's not buying this at all. The chosen one, but also you. (laughs) You're both the chosen one. You know, we got two chosen ones. Now fight. Yeah, exactly. Now go get at it. Um, Also, I kind of noticed that when when Bobby became the chosen one, uh, he kind of ended up having an outfit that looked a little like Gambit's. He had the thing coming up on like the sides of his head and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was a very interesting, you know, and I was kind of like, wait a minute, does that mean that Gambit is also a chosen one, or is he just, is this just like what his outfit is based on? Maybe it like, maybe it like the the he's imbued with magic that manifests his his like dream outfit, and he just wants to dress like his brother. Oh, that could be. He loves his brother clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that he made might... him teeth. That's how much he loves him. Aw, that's really kind of sweet. Aww. Uh, yeah, so meanwhile at the X-Mansion, um, Cyclops is all bandaged up in the med bay, and Jean Grey continues to state the obvious, something's very wrong with Gambit. I've never felt a, oh yeah, I felt a deep sense of dread within him I've never felt before. And Wolverine, uh, doesn't, doesn't care. <laughs> Wolverine walks in, swagger, he says, looks like he got his licks in before he left. Rude! Oh, Wolvie, you. And then Rogue says, can it, wild boy? <laughs> She's like real mad. <laughs> don't don't you diss my man. Yeah. She's very protective of Gambit throughout this episode. She is. She is. Because they're, they're in love. They're mm. in love. They That's almost, nice. they almost don't even know it. Aw. Gambit lands in the bayou and he just yells, Pierre, who's waiting for him. And I think, <laughs> you know, man, how did they do that without phones, you guys? <laughs> How did they? Well, they just knew this. My guess is, as a guild, as mm-hmm. the as the Teeves Guild, they you know they have parts of the swamp where they land tiny planes, and he knew where to go. Yeah, yeah, got to be it. Well, either that, or they have like a like a you know system of like uh, frogs that pass along messages. To each That's other. it. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Also, oh, I do want to say I noticed that in the bayou, I really sort of enjoyed the uh, the sound design. That they had, like all the like the frog sounds and stuff, and the sloshing and everything. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in a bayou. I'm like I'm in a swamp situation right now. It's pretty neat. Excellent. I watched a um a video yesterday uh, about uh, sign designers. You know how they make all the different noises, and swamp is a uh, is a mop in a bucket. Foley, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Love a Foley. Squish, squish. So uh, Pierre shares with Remy that he found Bobby. The assassins have him and their tithe. And Gambit does have his his priority straight. He says, who cares about the tithe? Assassins kill thieves. Thieves kill assassins for 300 years. And nobody knows why anymore. So he gets some some good exposition in that frustration. Yep. the old McCoy action there. Yes, exactly. A feud. A typical southern feud. Where Run you we- Capulet, yep. Yep, we don't even know why they're fighting anymore. It's like, ugh. We find out from Pierre that they won't uh, kill Bobby and they want to exchange him for Gambit. Aw, man, what's he gonna do? Cliffhanger. Back to the rest of the X-Men who have just arrived in the bayou. (laughs) And I love that Wolverine is the tracker and he sniffs and says, dead end, they took a boat. (laughs) Yep, he knew it. He knew that. And also when they were like, when they were flying around, Gene was like, ah, there's this plane. Just seize it. You know, uh, there's no doubt heavy, like, like foliage everywhere and everything. And like, oh, okay. It's Good real eye. yellow, Unless though. probably read his mind. Oh, well, hey, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some vestiges. Yeah, let's say that there was a little bit of psychic action going on right yeah. there. I think, I think you're. Residue. That, that, I believe that's referred to as psychic residue. Psychic residue. There's a little a bit of psychic ectoplasm (laughs) (laughs) so gambit and pierre arrive at the big assassin house and apparently trench coats are like standard thief issue because everybody got one and gambit shows up it's all very ceremonial right remy lebeau here to see my brother they probably know right but he's he's doing the dance he's going through the motions uh, they have these assassins have some really scary uh, BDSM masks. Uh, I thought. 
uh, yeah. some some buckle zipper, uh, full head uh, mask action going on. And there's a secret basement jail under the house. So I'm going to stand by that assessment. Creepy. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is yeah, not a good situation uh, he's walking into. And um, and again, like these two episodes, there's definitely a theme of relationships going on and, and people not taking it well when they don't work out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So uh, Remy meets up with his brother in his cell. Bobby is immediately like a little bitch, you know, so the big <laughs> X-Man finally come home for a visit. Um, and then we get, right, we got the reveal, right? He, say, he says, you got me into the guild, Bobby. You made me a teeth. Why? You made me a teeth. <laughs> Why? You made me a teeth. Uh, yeah. Spoiler, that's my favorite line from the episode. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of the ones I wrote down too. Like, that's that, that, you made me a thief. I have that as well. Yeah. You made me a thief. Why? All right. It's a front runner. Clear front it runner. It is. Great. Calling it out. Gambit asks where the tithe is. Bobby tells him she has it. Gambit ignorantly says, who? And so enter Belladonna. Um, and she comes. says, I do, Remy. So I need to go off on a little, I need to get on my soapbox a little bit here. I'm real mad about their treatment of Belladonna in this, uh, in the X-Men, the animated series. I love Belladonna in the comics. And there is much more of like a mutual love history and friendship between her and Gambit. So she shows up in, in Rob, I know you know this because that's that first run of Claremont Jim Leaf with the with X-Men. She shows up asking Gambit for help. They don't know she exists. Uh, they have no idea he has a wife. And Jubilee has the has a line I will always remember, which is someone was desperate enough to become Mrs. Gambit. Um. Yeah. And it's Ouch. real uncomfortable because he and Rogue is similar to X-Men the animated series. They've just started kind of flirting or whatever and i think it's i think it's the brood i think maybe the brood are fighting the assassins and thieves but in the end like uh, belladonna dies and she's like she's an honorable warrior and she is mad because she wanted to be married to Gambit, but nothing like this gray garden shit that we Uh, get that we get uh, in this uh, that's some some strong eponine vibes too actually oh yeah 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 but like if eponine were like real crazy (laughs) Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the the one line that she says early on, "I still wear your ring." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, lady. Oh, lady. Yeah. So, because the the story was that they were like best friends growing up. It was totally a Romeo and Juliet situation. They were going to get married, um, to unite the guilds. Gambit did leave. He didn't. He did stand her up. And his rationalization was that he didn't want either of them to be like responsible for that. Like he didn't want either of them to be responsible for holding the guilds together. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was kind of tragic. Like it was kind of tragic. I think he probably was just anticipating the eventual dissolution of that relationship because she's nuts and therefore didn't want the weight of the, she, okay. They, they, but she in the in the, in the canon she she was a nut. She gets more nuts over time. But but yeah. at the beginning she's a real normal person. That's a lot of that's a burden for him to take on if he's going to marry yeah. her. Like the whole, you know, the the tethering of the two, the 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 peace between the two groups depends on his marriage, which is yeah. just a lot of pressure on a marriage. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm that's hoping right. that that won't happen when I get married. I hope it won't be to to unite the houses. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> tough tough times. Can't they, just, can't they just commit felonies uh, alongside each other in peace? Like, why Why can't – we'll do the killing. We'll do the thieving. And and then, you know, we're, we're not competing. No. Like, you, can, you can kill whoever you want. We'll thieve from whoever we want. It's a different, different crimes. Completely different crimes. And as a matter of fact, they should be symbiotic. You know, if you kill somebody, they don't care about their stuff anymore because they're dead. So just like they do the contract, they kill, they come in, they steal. Wow. Mm -hmm. Division of labor. You were there in the bayou. I could have helped. You could have helped a lot. Should get on a plane tomorrow, man. I'm sure they'll be glad to see you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to clearly find Gambit's little plane. No problem. All you go down is just say, Remy LeBeau. Remy. Remy. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah, so Belle's giving off real crazy girl vibes real early when she says, you like the dress? You never saw it on the day we were to be married. And it's it's a real, there's so much lace. She's got a really loud red choker girl. She is the, um, she is the pre-death version of the bride from the Haunted Mansion. Is she? No, I don't know. It oh, just okay. feels like, you know... I don't know. You guys are. I don't know if you guys are Disney Parks fans, but um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you. You. Oh you, wow! Yeah. I never. You know, I've actually never been through uh, Haunted Mansion. I actually only went to Disney for the first time uh, in 2021. I'm kidding. To Disney well, World. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. Florida. But uh, if I ever go again, I very much want to uh, check out Haunted Mansion. I didn't get, but didn't make it to this, Disney World. This reference maybe didn't make. <laughs> you know what though? You know what? I'm looking at the picture. But Matt learned something. I learned something. Matt learned I'm... something. There's a there's one moment in the episode where Belladonna is like pounding on Gambit's chest and saying, "You could have taken me with you." And I will say that there is a panel in the comics that's basically that, and that part did make me a little happy. So let's see. Belladonna seems really not okay. Oh yeah, this is where we get that line, Matt. I still wear your ring. That's nice. I wrote it out phonetically. Yeah, man. I got I got too excited about that line. <laughs> <It was like, laughs> and she has Gambit to wear the ring that she has for him. Uh, we all know it's an Admiral Akbar situation, uh, but he does it anyway. He does it anyway. Um, yep. And Bobby is free. Well. Good for Bobby. Good for Bobby. But Belladonna has power over, over the ring. We get another one. You leave me once. I've been waiting 10 years for this moment. You will not leave me again. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of. Which was basically said verbatim in the last episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to let you leave. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really wonder if like a showrunner or somebody was going through some bad times. <laughs> yeah. Working yeah. out some stuff. Yeah. Working out some stuff. They're like, All right, here's what we're doing, okay, with this little arc. <laughs> You know, I'm working through stuff. Guess who else is? Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> For the future, every episode will be about every- abandonment and how it must never occur. That's right. Exactly. Punishment. Punishment for all. <laughs> and, th- and therapy wasn't as prevalent in those days, right? It's like you had to get is- it out somehow. Get it out somehow. I got it out of the animated series. Absolutely. Uh, so Gambit can't use his powers. He's at the oh. he is at the mercy of the ring. And uh, meanwhile, the rescue's coming. So Rogue flies Wolverine and Jean Grey over the trees to uh, the big house. Jean Grey has like like an iPad uh, with the address. Uh, so we got some real, real forward-looking technology as usual. And Wolverine busts open the doors. And Jean Grey, again, useless. I sense people nearby. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. Thanks, Gene. And then, of course, there's a trapdoor, lights. I wrote down trapdoor, lights, thieves. Uh, and uh, and Wolverine's not impressed. No. Right? I suggest putting the pop gun away if you don't want me to feed it to you. Oh, that's some classic, classic, classic Logan posturing. But, you know, when Logan postures, I guess it's not posturing because it's just the truth. That's, that's, yeah, that's his truth. He's living... He's, He's living, living fully truth. in his truth. It's beautiful. So Mo, we have ba- a quick battle, X-Men v. Thieves. Jean Grey uses telekinesis to shoot the gun at the ceiling. That's Rogue right, yeah. deflects this, like, cement block. Uh, and, yeah, she and, just puts her arms up. Yeah, she, she just, just like, puts she her, just arms her arms up. Arms like, up. Meh. And we get some awkward flirting. I like a man who will open a door for a lady. Oh, Rogue. <laughs> Rogue. And then enter Pierre, finally, with some information. Jacques, stop! Remy came. He made the switch. But Pierre, and then Pierre's still mad, right? Remy, leave us for you. <laughs> <laughs> he did exactly, exactly what we all wanted him to do, but oh, what a jerk. And Wolverine's real mad about it, right? This actually I thought was a great line, that he's not a piece of meat to get traded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I appreciate that. And then the, especially... Uh, Sometimes the claws slip. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I think this is the first time that Wolverine uses that in X-Men, the animated series with the the claws on either side of of the head and the the offer of the final pop in the middle. Yeah. That's quite a threat. It really is. If you even move your head from side to side, you will slice your face off. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, yeah, forget about like being impaled. I mean, yeah, I was like, I'm watching that. I'm like, legitimately, I'm thinking like, that's actually kind of scary right there. Like that is like, yeah, horrifying. Oof. Little, little comics backstory. So what, uh, Wolverine actually does do that to Sabretooth just as uh, the um, the Marvel or just as the Age of Apocalypse begins. So that he's having a final battle with Sabretooth. The Emkron crystal is like crawling across the universe, creating a new reality. He pops the, the claw in the final battle. So when they actually come back from that reality, that's when Sabretooth is, a, is a, like a, a, a basket case which leads to kind of the the thing that we see uh, with Jubilee, right? They've got Boom Boom babysitting him, and he's just, you know, he's just taking the piss out of them. He's just biding his time so he can go, like, on a murder spree. Um, so this is all all very canon. Thanks for letting me nerd out, guys. That's all. Oh, yeah. I'm smiling and nodding. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is yeah, this is kind of like, you know, this is the this is the knowledge that I, that I expect and crave. And nobody's home and Boom Boom can't fight him. So Psylocke fights him. He just totally eviscerates her. uh, And uh, uh, Wolverine has to, and her lover Archangel have to go to the land of the Crimson Dawn to get this like special elixir for her. It gives her like a new eye tattoo. And just to bring a full circle to our last episode, there is a saber tooth one shot when they bring him down with a foil embossed cover. thank you very desirable indeed indeed (laughs) okay so um rogue back to the episode rogue clocks real quick when somebody mentions she yup yup rogue knows Mm. rogue knows like not liking it no, nope, doesn't like it, it at all. She finds out about Belladonna, is the leader of the assassins, their chosen one. And then that that real um, uh, charged phrase, his woman. <gasps> yeah, not even his wife. I actually thought it was sort of risque that they referred to her as his woman. Belladonna's not a piece of meat. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, kind of, but so I thought that that was kind of adult. So meanwhile, back back with Belladonna, she's got Gambit in a tux, and she is nuts. Um, and she tells <laughs> him, "I saved it for you," and she shares that she plans to marry him after the tithe. And Gambit just rips off the tux like tearaway pants. Did anyone else notice that? <laughs> yeah. Oh. My gosh. Maybe it was a tux made specifically for escape. Uh, yeah, escape. Tux. Maybe he's like, "I'll pick up the tux. It's this one to get away from the creep." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the the one that, with the snaps. The That's snaps. what I need. Yeah. <laughs> so Gambit tells her that the thieves won't stand for it, and then we get the end game. Right? She says, "After tonight, there be no thieves." Uh oh. Uh oh. Got a problem. Oh no, the thieves. And then we find out that she didn't even give him the real tithe. She like, this is when like full villainy is revealed, right? Mm. I traded you for a worthless brother and an even more worthless box. Yeah. Belladonna is not coming across real great. No, she isn't. No, she isn't. She, um, anyway, we can get into it. I do want to recommend to anyone, though, who likes Gambit and Rogue at all to please read the 90s four-issue Gambit limited series. Totally about the bayou. Uh, Rogue goes down with him. All thieves and assassins. Belladonna's in a coma. Rogue accidentally touches her, gets those memories of them being in love. So Uh dramatic. Also, the subsequent Rogue uh, limited series where Belladonna goes after Cody, who we all know is the boy that Rogue kissed and put into a coma. Oh my God, so much drama. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I'm looking actually on uh, eBay. We have Gambit number one through four, complete 1993 limited series, first Assassin's Guild. And I remember seeing these covers. Oh, yeah. I have like, them. I have all, all of them. Yeah. That's probably much, where I've seen them. Actually. Yeah. Well, where are they? Um, how much are they going for? Let's see. Well, it's Buy It Now, mm-hmm. uh, $16.99. With, oh, uh, $6. hey, that's affordable. Shipping. That's, it's really good. It's really good for whatever. It's Y'all. Y'all, I was, uh, was going to suggest that that was the. I, I think I have a gamut number one, by the way. Um, I uh, I was going to suggest that that was probably. I always thought that was the origin of the gambit logo, which is the one utilized in the yeah in the opening credits or the you know opening. Um, oh. But it 
but the show predates that, so I'm not sure where they came from. It's interesting, interesting that some of them, some of those characters have specific logos, you know. Very yes, and yeah. Some of them are just like Professor X in like Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh yeah, we've actually yeah we've we've talked about we that. Talked how, in the first episode, yeah. Yeah, and it, it is interesting, like just how specific they are. It makes me wonder, like some of them maybe they already existed, but then maybe some of the other ones that's maybe that's the originator of it. Like we need we need something we need something for this. If that's anyway. the case, then they definitely tried harder with some of the others. <laughs> like, Fair, yeah. like, oh, that's a thing, and I'm gonna like go to that movie or see you know read that book, and then. And then here's Storm. We gave her italics. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamic. Enjoy. Enjoy, Storm. Well, I was going to say, I mean, for Jean Grey's, they didn't really try. But then again, Jean Grey didn't really try. So, <laughs> so there you go. Ooh, it's true. Wow. Call me Marvel Girl. Marvel Woman someday. <laughs> luck. With hard work and perseverance. You can do it. Oh, yeah. It reminds me... <laughs> Now we're going to get real nice. Just remember Cabin Boy and remember how he said that's one day he would be a cabin man. No. no? Anyone? Chris I Elliott? mean, I, no? I remember Cabin Boy and I remember David Letterman in it. And I remember him calling uh, oh, yeah. the main character. There's the whole fan. You're, you're one of them fancy lads, aren't you? Yep, fancy lads. Is that the Adam Sandler character? Uh, From SNL? What are we talking about? No, oh no, a... no! Okay, okay. No, no. This is a movie with a what's his name, Chris, Chris Elliott. Thank you, Chris Elliott. Yeah. Oh, I don't know it. Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, not a successful movie. No, but I think um, kind of a cult hit amongst a select few. <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. All um, right, back to the episode. So right. at the tithing place. Boy is sorry to step on you, but Canteen Boy is the one from SNL. Oh yes, Canteen Boy, Boy is the one from SNL. The yes. real uncomfortable one from us. <laughs> yeah. Really uncomfortable. It yep. is. I can't not, won't deny it. Very uncomfortable. All right. So at the tithing place, the thieves and the X-Men are ready. Uh, Pierre's checking his watch like the external's going to come in like less than five minutes. This is scary. Enter Belle, Gambit, and the assassins. Belladonna's got a creepy veil. Like she just keeps descending even further uh, into, into her mental health issue uh girl mm. get get help um and rogue is immediately heartbroken like she has so little oh. trust she says i don't believe it you know that you know her husband's gonna marry this this nut job um and i love that gambit just shoves belladonna out of the way he just effing shoves her out from under her veil and yells the time she gave you was a fake yeah he's actually got a, a pattern that I was going to raise later. But oh what, yeah. What no. were going to say, Matt? Oh, I was going to say I sort of appreciated how in uh, they just they they didn't play at anything. There wasn't any back and forth here with Gambit and Rogue and her being like, "Oh, I'm so heartbroken," and Gambit faking it. No, immediately, he just yelled out exactly what was going on, and I kind of appreciated that that aspect of it. Him just being like, "All right, no, here's what's going on, everybody." <laughs> <laughs> gotta get everybody on the same page real quick <laughs> real quick you gotta know what's going on so what, what were you gonna say rob oh no we'll get through it I, I... <laughs> uh so and then we get a great line from rogue i knew he couldn't love that swamp witch and... <laughs> <laughs> that swamp witch <laughs> and she takes maximum pleasure in booting belladonna from gambit's side and belladonna yells seducer get away from my husband which i think like again this was not for kids right like because what she was really saying she was saying, she was saying, oh. hussy. Yeah, hussy. Right, right. Jezebel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> woman Absolutely. with loose morals. That's right. Fallen, a fallen woman. <laughs> uh, Belladonna blasts rogue through multiple trees. Uh, Wolverine tries to remove Gambit's ring with his claw and fails. And then we've got some thieves and assassins trash talk. Yes, but what he, <laughs> but what Wolverine says when he attempts to remove that ring is give me that ring gumbo you ain't the marion kind yup <laughs> actually i'm gonna nominate that one for best line that was that's pretty that good, good but i got another one coming up in a second another wolverine line so just wait excellent we we get so we get the trash talk you teeth's too stupid to check the box 
Oh, you teams. <laughs> oh, you teams. Um, Jean Grey takes away their weapons, but that doesn't stop them. We get an all-out thieves v. assassins brawl, and Rogue faces off with Belladama. Gambit ain't going to be your lapdog. <laughs> He's my lapdog. Yeah, absolutely. Let's be clear about whose lapdog he is, all right? But right. Belle, Belle comes back going for the jugular, right? She comes back swinging. Remy kissed many women's share, but love only me. Below the belt. Real below the belt. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. So Wolverine attacks Belladonna. She blasts him sky high in a, uh, is this the, is this the line? Probably say it, say it. Is it, I don't, what I wrote down is I don't care which spirit ladies do what to which Cajuns. I'm here (laughs) to stop a wedding. (laughs) Yup. It's so good. It's so good. And here comes the external, right? We get a big swirl of water. She gives her 10 years speech. Rogue's not afraid at all. She just tries to reason with her. Yeah. Um, and I lo- this is what I loved as well. She refers to Belladonna as a low-life mop squeezer. <laughs> what is a low-life mop? Mop squeezer. Wow. I think that's a class comment. It is kind of a class comment. Oh. One could interpret her- it that way. But yeah. I think how else can you interpret it? Well, just that I guess it's it depends on whether you foreground low life, like a real like low life is really the insult who happens to squeeze mops, or someone who squeeze squeezes mops like for a living, and therefore they're a low life. So I guess it just depends which which you foreground. Yeah, I I I did not uh, make that connection, but you are uh, correct. But that that also makes me think of you ever see that old uh, orbit commercial where they like call it, somebody calls someone a cootie queen and the response is like you lit liquor. <laughs> <laughs> it made me maybe think of that. Look up lint liquor orbit commercial. It's worth your time. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Link that in the comments. No, but I think you make a good, a good point. Yeah. I think it's a very good point. Jean Grey, again, with the obvious, we've got to stop her. Cool. (laughs) Cool. Glad you came, Jean. Glad you came. Uh, The external takes down all the X-Men I wrote. Oh no. With three exclamation points. That's the thing. It's like when when the ex. I was actually kind of excited here because I'm like the external thinks she's so big and tough. I'm like, oh no, you just wait. Here come the X Men, and she's a. Puh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. Jean Grey though tries to go at her via telepathy, and she faints. And then we get a, a really great moment, right? She goes, ah, as she faints, and Wolverine goes, Jean. <laughs> Which is exactly what we've come to love and expect from X-Men, the animated series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, she thinks, uh, too, with her eyes open. So she goes like this. <laughs> like, okay, some details could help here. Yeah, like somebody, yeah, paint some eyes on, paint some eyelids on that. The deception has been revealed. The external takes on Belladonna. We get destroy her, destroy them all. And Gambit, oh, that's Bobby. And Bobby. Gambit oh. says, Bobby, shut up. Yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> Bobby. Over. So this is the call. This is the, the sort of follow up to when he shoves Belladonna because he, which by the way, he shoves her violently and she's like, boom, on the ground without a second thought. And here he says, Bobby, shut up. And he shoves him so so far off the frame that you could imagine serious injury, even if he just fell funny, right, and hit his head on the on a rock because they're outside. Yeah. And then he proceeds the next two lines to talk about how high and mighty he is about how not killing. So he says, like, Bobby, shut up. We need no more killing to honor you, but doesn't give a glance to the brother that he just threw to the ground. Oh my god! He shoves him, on, and you hear a thud. Like it's <laughs> and they, and they, and they, after after his impassioned plea to take her powers, but not her life, and no more killing. Right. They they pan out, and you see nothing but victims of Gambit's shoving. <laughs> concussions for real. Like, he's like and then he's like, he's just he's like, I am nonviolent. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way! Get out. His brother Move is it. still conscious. Oh, that is so funny. Do you think there's an infomercial for that? Like, have you been shoved in the Thieves versus Assassins Wars? You may be entitled to compensation. At <laughs> Hoopy and Abraham, we won't take no for an answer. We won't let you get shoved anymore. I mean, maybe it's one of these things that, like, 
somebody needs to call out Gambit, and then and then we get people coming out of the woodwork saying, "Yeah, Gambit, Gambit shoved Gambit me. Gambit shoved me. me. <laughs> Gambit shoved me. Were you shoved by Gambit? Were you yeah. shoved by Gambit? Yeah, right. your story, and you know, we'll he just a it's like it's 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 his thing. I mean, it's lucky that he's not stronger than he is, or he definitely would have killed them both. Oh, absolutely! If he had super super power, super like strength. He's just, but it's still not know, okay to shove kids. It's not okay to shove, no, even if you no don't. Shoving. Everybody listening, even yeah, if you don't have super strength. I want to give yeah. a shout out to a special listener here who is uh, my friend, Sarah Mars Bowie, who I went to high school with, where I learned from her young sons that they taught me chasing is okay, but no shoving. Only chasing, no shoving. There you go. You see, we're, we're, right? yeah. if only they had been there <laughs> during this Thieves Assassin's showdown maybe well, let me tell you something belladonna learned that lesson she did a lot of chasing this episode and no shoving that's true Gambit didn't hear it did Gambit not hear it needed but to isn't hear that the, isn't that ring like a big shove though in some sense it's more like a, a incarceration it's more yeah like a, all right that's a whole like other a, it's more like a headlock yeah like yeah yeah right that's, that's a whole like other a, thing yeah. uh but gambit does stand up for her the external's gonna kill her and says take her powers but not her life and i love that the external is basically just like okay <laughs> like all right that's fine. like i know i've been a real hard ass before but i think oh yeah all right no problem belladonna cries she says don't leave me again and again we know the right working something out here working out the abandonment issues and gambit makes the pronouncement i'm not thief or assassin i'm an x-man and i'm never coming back he says thief there he too he does yeah it's the first time he says thief you know that's how you track the character evolution (laughs) oh we can see he's a changed man there it He's is. Up away from the bayou and from mm-hmm. yeah. past life as a teeth. Yeah, folks, we have our arc. There it is. There it is. Uh, Gambit leaves with his arm around Rogue. Wolverine carries Jean Grey. Everybody's happy. Yes. Yes. It does look like the, it does look like the like the romantic end of a comedy, like a, like a Shakespeare. It does. Comedy, yeah. Where yeah. we got like two couples and they're off to the uh, happy end. Good for them. That's not what's happening. Uh, <laughs> and then next scene, we see Gambit being moody on the steps. Cyclops is still a jerk. He's he's finally woken up, and he's like, Gambit should have told us. Again, uh, confusing criticism for leadership there, Scott. Not, yep. not the same thing. And then we get this, this nice little tack on, right? The Savage Land. Hey, remember the dinosaurs? Remember the, the sudden knife on Magneto's belt? Uh, there's a burned village. We meet a mutant named Barbarous who has four arms, who is not named Forearm, uh, which is actually the name of a four-armed mutant. There is a four-armed, four-armed mutant whose name is Forearm. Okay. F-O-U-R or F-O-R-E? F-O-R-E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get it? No, no, no. But do you get yeah, it? No. But do you get it? I think so. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah no. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, the best part is that you find out that Forearm's number one obsession is golf. So it's right? really four. Oh. Four. Mm. Get some, get some puns up in here. I like it. I like it. Anyway, there's some guys on Dino back. Uh, they want to take uh, Professor X and Magneto to their new master. And a super athletic Professor X releases the bees. Yeah. This spear throw <laughs> to this bees nest. That was impressive. Who needs mutant powers when you've got a javelin throw like that? Man, this guy. Also, he's very fortunate that, or or very intuitive that he knew the bees would like attack exactly as they did mm-hmm. from yeah. the angle that he did. He's lucky the bees didn't like say, "Hey, who threw a spear at us?" and go after him. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, who threw that? <laughs> oh, wait hey, a minute. We don't like that. Hold on, just a second here. Um, you know, I That's will say my though, house. like. <laughs> that is one situation where Magneto is it's fortunate to have this completely body covering suit and mostly head covering helmet. True. Uh, where, whereas uh, Barber, whatever, barbarous. Is just barbarous is just a lot of skin, you know, yeah, and a lot of yeah. arms to sting. So true. He's at a disadvantage. 
And I think that's sure. what the episode wants us to leave us with. So this has been externally yours. So at the end of Gino, we always give out some awards. Who's who's our MVP? Hmm. You see, this is a little tougher. It is. This time. Uh, because obviously we have a Gambit-themed episode. And we so- do. We should probably start with Oscars, right? So who who wins the Oscar? Um you know what? Let's give it to let's give the Oscar to Gambit. Okay. Like we were saying before he had that beautiful arc. He went he from te- thieves <laughs> to thieves. To not a thief. To, to not, not a thief. A he went from thief. He went from being a thief to being <laughs> not a thief. Not a thief. It's beautiful. I will say though, in the in the real Oscars though, I think it would go to Belladonna because oh. she played crazy real hard. That's and, true. Uh, oh, so, the pathos. The pathos. Yeah. So That's so honorable point. mention. Honorable mention. I don't know. I mean, we could listen. You can sway me. I'm not. I just the... feel for like the Oscar, right? Yeah. But uh, this was more attention than Gambit's gotten all series, and I don't want to take like it's his time a little bit. It is. It is. Well, you know what we can do. We can do. I think the Oscar can go to Belladonna. It should go to Belladonna, right? The MVP. I mean, come on. It's got to go to Gambit. It's Charles Xavier. For that <laughs> okay. Scenario. All right. All right. No, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I mean, talk, if you're talking about like efficiency of time on screen. How do you top that in the whole series? It's like, hey, not only can I can I walk, but I can, but I'm a javelin champion. Actually, that's true. He is the MVP of the Savage Land right now. He is. I mean, that's pretty baller. All right. So okay. So then we've got um, the uh, Oscars going to Belladonna. The MVP is going to Chuck, and I. And that was what his favorite lines, right? Favorite lines, yeah. Favorite lines. Well, I'm sorry, Gambit, but um, I think I mean I got to I got to give it to give me that ring, Gumbo. You ain't the marrying kind. <laughs> what, what about the? I don't care which spirit woman like mess with. I'm here to stop a wedding. I'm here to stop a wedding. Oh no, it's they're both so good. Ah. He said, "Does he say spirit ladies or spirit yeah. woman?" Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll check. I'll check my notes. Yeah, check your notes. That's going to determine my choice. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put. I, I have to give a shout out to uh, that that Teven fool. Oh, that, that, that Teven fool. And I knew he couldn't love that swamp witch. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, you made me a thief. <laughs> uh, it's spirit ladies, Matt. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Then then that's the line for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been a good episode friends thank you for joining uh before we close out where this has been gene no an x-men the animated series podcast you can find it us on facebook and instagram if you want to be up on all the new episodes coming out and uh rob where where can folks find you if they're looking for you and all the cool work you're doing oh thanks um i'm at nutritious junk food on instagram and on tiktok sporadically for both <laughs> or you can uh, check out robberliner.com b-e-r-l-i-n-e-r if if they wanted to know a little bit more about like your your primary show i presume you you have a good website for that so rob well, we i know rob as uh as a musical theater uh collaborator friend and uh he's got a sweet awesome show so rob tell us about that that's very kind of you sarah thank you uh yeah we are um hopefully uh, going to have some movement on a musical I co-wrote called A Hanukkah Carol or Guilt Trip the Musical, which is a contemporary comedic kosher spin on Dickens' holiday classic, A Christmas Carol. Um, so yeah, com is uh, the website for that or for simplicity's sake, ahcmusical.com um, will take you there because Hanukkah is very difficult to spell. There are 16 different ways to spell it. So thank you for letting me plug that. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And there are some great songs uh, that Rob and his collaborators have uh, written. So check it out. Uh, Matt, if folks are looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, you know, you can always find me on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Should I ever tweet again? uh, At Doc Falconer. And uh, I actually do have a website that I always forget about, and I should probably update. It's uh, MatthewAschrader.com. Last time I updated that was probably like 2015. So. Yeah, I, I actually looked at it. So sometime in the past couple of months, I'm like, I wonder if Matt has a website. And I was like, oh, it's been a while. Like I, so yeah, I, I encourage you. Yeah, update, update that. The Why people, want, Maybe the people want to know. 
They want to know. I don't know. Maybe I can like shop out some of these uh, some of these scripts I got. I got all these scripts. Yeah, man. You know? You've been doing a lot of work. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, here and there, but it's just like it's just not getting done. Let me tell you. Well, the work, the, the scripts are, but you know, you got to film and stuff. Eh? It's a lot of work after that. It turns out. Yeah, podcasts are easy. Uh, yeah. And I have Sarah Musek. You can find me at sarahmusek.com. And uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll see you, hear you next time on Gino. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good outro. I'm sorry. I'll try again. I'll try again. I kind of liked it. All right. Gene, no! An X-Men The Animated Series podcast. 